Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? Happy Sunday after Thanksgiving. I guess that's an official day. Um, if you got your Bibles or a smart device with an app on it, you can turn or swipe with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation. For those of you that may not be familiar um, with Scripture, Revelation is all the way at the end of the Bible. It's all the way, like, so just in front of that back flap. Um, you'll get there, and some of you are like, what did this guy eat for Thanksgiving? Like, we're all the way in Revelation. I know it's crazy. Revelation talks to us about a lot of the things that have not yet happened but are going to happen um, at, the, at the end of time when this world ceases to exist. And so we're going to use that as our launching point today, Revelation chapter 12. So we'll get there in just a moment. Um, we're in the final, uh, final week of our series, This Is What We Do, This Being Generosity, that we are a people of generosity. And we've got this, this plus sign up here and this multiplication sign up here. And the idea behind all of this is that the things that we add, the small things that we're able to bring, God is able to multiply. And we want to be generous in four main areas. We want to be generous with our time. We want to be generous with our talent. We want to be generous with our treasure. And then today we're going to be talking about how we want to be generous with our testimony. And I know what some of you might be thinking, like, I understand time, I understand talent, I understand treasure, but what is testimony. Like, that's kind of a weird word. That's a, that's a word that, that we don't use just in our everyday vernacular. Vernacular may be a word that we don't use in our everyday vernacular as well. It's not something that we say all the time. We're not walking up to people asking them about their testimony. And for some of us in the room, it's okay if you don't even understand what testimony is all about. Let me break it down for you. Testimony, it's a, it's a church word. All right, we use it in church a lot, um, but beyond the walls of the church and around church people, testimony is translated kind of like this. Your testimony is your story, all right? Your testimony is the story of where you were before Jesus came into the picture and now where you are after Jesus came into the picture. So I want you, I want everybody to be comfortable with what we're talking about. And the reason I want you to be comfortable is because we're all going to take turns this morning sharing our testimony. Some of you got, you don't need to leave, ma'am, it's okay. Um, some of you got really nervous right there, um, had a minor or may, maybe even a major panic attack. Um, no, we're actually not going to do that this morning. But I remember, I can remember back as a teenager, Pastor Ryan and I, we were part of the same youth group growing up. We, we grew up together. And um, I remember uh, a youth pastor that we had at the time, he told all of us in the youth group that over the next several weeks, he wanted us to take turns sharing our testimony. And I realized very quickly I didn't really have anything to say. And I know that a lot of you, like, you know, that comes as a surprise to, uh, you know, all of you. Like, what? You didn't have anything to say. There was a time in my life where it was very different than I, than I am today. Um, and I, I even went to my, my youth pastor and I said, I got to be honest, like, I don't think I have a testimony. I don't think I have a story. Like, I'm a good kid. Like, 
I come to church all the time. Like, I'm not strung out on drugs or wasted, all, like, on the weekends. or I'm not going to those parties that, like, I'm, I'm good. I don't really have anything to share. Have you ever felt like that? Like, maybe, like, when it comes time for you to share your testimony, to talk about maybe, like, what God's done in your life, you're like, well, I'm, a, I'm a good person, like, I, I live the right way. I do the right things. I, I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I pray, and I give in the offering, and, and all this stuff. Like, I, I don't really have a testimony. Like, and, and, you know, maybe you, you kind of you swing on the other end of the pendulum, though. Like, I've heard people, though, sometimes when it, it comes time for them to share their testimony, they, they talk about the glory days of back when they sinned, like, like they, you know, like, they were just deep in sin and all the, all the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and, and all this stuff. And they, they look at it as like, and, and you know, like, man, weren't those the days? We really had fun back then, didn't we? You know? And, and we, we do that, and, and, and that's kind of what we've boiled down our testimony, our story to be. And, and we've missed, we've missed the, the, the point of it all is that our, our testimony, our story, it's not about us. Our testimony is about Jesus. And see, that's the, that's the difference, and that's what I want to hope to, what I hope to be able to communicate to you today. And, and, and some of us, you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know really about telling about, like, my Jesus story. Like, I, that makes me uncomfortable, everything. But, but, you know, we'll talk about the Netflix show we're binging and we'll talk about that, that restaurant that we've gone to that, that it, it's newly opened and we've been three or four times and we just can't get enough of it. And they have that one appetizer. Or, or we'll talk about our favorite sports teams, you know, and, and how they won or they lost. And I don't know what category you're in um, here today, what happened over the weekend. Some of you are maybe excited. Some of you are maybe less excited. Or maybe we'll talk about how much we can't stand our boss. Like, don't even get me started on that. I mean, I've only got a few minutes here this morning. Don't even get me started on how I can't stand. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Pastor Jim. But we'll talk about those things ad nauseum. But when it comes time to tell people about what God's doing in our life, we freeze up. Because we've made it about ourselves Instead of realizing and remembering that our testimony is not about us, our story is not about us, it's about Jesus. And here's something that you may not have realized about your testimony. Your testimony is a weapon. It is a weapon. Some of you, you didn't even know that you had this weapon in your arsenal. Some of you, you're carrying a concealed weapon right now, and it's your testimony but it's time to unconceal it. It's time to let the world know what God is doing in your life. And so here's how I know that our, our, our testimony is a weapon. Um, we read in Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 7, it says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. Now, the dragon, they're talking about the devil. 
That's what's taking place right now, that he was an angel in heaven, Lucifer, and he tried to make himself equivalent with God. He wanted to be like God, and so God sent him out of heaven, and he took a third of the angels with him that are now demons, and there is a battle that at the end times, a battle is going to take place between good and evil, and that is what is is being talked about right here. Verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. And he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. That's talking about Jesus. For the accuser, everybody say accuser. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's the word of the Lord for us today. Now, Satan in that passage, he's referred to as the accuser. And that begs the question, what is he accusing us of? Well, it's very simple. He's accusing us of our past, where we used to be, the sins we used to do. And day and night, he's going before God and he's saying, look at them. Look at how they were. Look at what they did. They don't deserve, they can't, they won't, they shouldn't, and on and on and on. And he's reminding God of everything that you and I used to be before Jesus came into the picture. But they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, Jesus is the blood of the lamb. He died on the cross So that you and I could be forgiven of those former sins. Those things that we have committed. Those sins that we will commit. Everything that we will ever do that goes against God. Jesus died on behalf of us so that we would not have to pay the penalty for those things. And every time Satan goes to God the Father and tries to accuse us. God the Father looks at those of us who have put our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus Christ. And when God looks at us. He doesn't see us. He looks at us through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, our past cannot harm us. Our past is gone away. Our past is covered by the blood of Jesus. And see, whenever we share our testimony, whenever we we share the story of what God has done in our life, what happens is it sheds light upon the lies of the enemy. And truth goes forward, and in that truth, the result is we are freed from our past. We are freed from our past. Because our testimony, our story, it's not about us. It is about Jesus and what he has done for us. There's this story in John chapter 9. And I'm not going to read it all. It's, it's, it's the entire passage. But I do want to um, kind of tell you about this story. You, you guys can go home and you can read this later. But, but it, it, it goes like this. There's, there's a, a man who is blind in this story. And we're going to call him Billy. Just because I think that's a good name for a blind man. Old blind man Billy. 
And that's totally not biblical. I just made that up. Okay, like that's not in the narrative. Um, so Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're walking along one day and they come across old blind Billy. And he's sitting there like he always does day in and day out. And people would walk up and down, passing him by and everything. And, and he, he's, this, he's this blind man and he's, he's begging. He's begging for people to, to help him and to provide for him and give him food and money and, and all of these things. And, and Jesus and his disciples, they, they kind of come up uh, on this guy. And the disciples ask Jesus, they, they have this question and they say, Who sinned? Was it this man or, or his parents that caused him to be this way. And see, right there, they're, they're accusing him of something like, my man's just sitting there in the road minding his own business, and all of a sudden they walk up and the disciples, they're accusing him of having done something wrong. And Jesus said, no, you don't get it. You don't understand. This man nor his parents sin. This man is like this so that God's glory can be revealed in his life. How many of you know that sometimes... We walk through some stuff. We experience some stuff in our life, not because of anything that we have done, but so that God's glory can be revealed in and through us. And that's the situation that Billy found himself in that day. He had been blind from birth so that God's glory could be revealed in and through his life. And so Jesus goes up to him and he does something totally weird, totally crazy. In fact, we're going to do it at the end of the service for anybody that would like to be healed. Jesus spits in the ground and makes these mud cakes. Now, who's getting in line for that, right? Nope. I'll just, I'll stay blind. You know, like that's how some people are. Like, but Jesus spits in the ground and he makes these mud cakes and he smears it on the guy's eyes and he tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And, and so the, the, the man goes and he washes and when he washes the mud out of his eyes, all of a sudden he can see. And then the story continues, and, and some, of, some of Billy's neighbors, they, they see him walking around and interacting like a, like a regular person now, like someone who is no longer afflicted with blindness. And they start talking to one another, and, and they say, is that, is that Billy? And one of them says, no, nah, that can't be Billy. That dude's blind. This guy can see. That, he just looks like Billy. And so this miraculous thing has taken place in Billy's life. But all of a sudden, he, his, his neighbors, the people that they've passed by him a hundred times up and down the road, they see him every day. All of a sudden, no, it can't be him. He's, he's blind. They're, they're not even allowing for the fact that this could actually happen. And how many of you have ever had a radical change take place in your life? God's come in and Jesus has done something in your life and your friends are like, there ain't no way. You're the same old blind dude. They won't let you get over your past. They're trying to accuse you of those things that you used to be and that you used to do. And so they go to him and they're like, Billy, tell us what happened. And he said, there was a man named Jesus and he put mud in my eyes and he told me to wash. And when I washed, I can see. And they're like, we're not sure if we can believe you. Let's go down to the church and let's see what the religious leaders have to say. And so they take Billy and they, they go to the church and everything and they get him in front of the Pharisees. Some of you have heard of the Pharisees. They were these legalistic religious leaders and they were all about the pomp and circumstance of the day. And they thought that they were the only ones that were holy, that were worthy. They, they, were, they were the guys that were, they were in control, they were in charge and, and they didn't want anyone, especially Jesus, an outsider to come in and upset their apple cart. 
So Billy's neighbors, they take him to the Pharisees and they say, this is the blind man that you and I know and we pass by him um, day in and day out. And now all of a sudden he's coming and, and he's, he's telling us this story that a man named Jesus came and healed him, that he put mud on his, on his eyes and, and, and that he washed it away. And now he can see and the Pharisees say, well, Billy, what, what's your story? And he said, my story is what they're saying. There was a man named Jesus and he came and he put mud on my eyes. And when I washed it away, I can see. And the Pharisees say, well, you mean to tell me that Jesus made mud on Sabbath day? He actually did work on Sabbath day? Like, that's what they start to harp on. That's what they're focusing on. They, they, they're not even looking at the fact that this man has been healed. They want to get on to Jesus because he's doing something that according to their laws and according to their rituals and their traditions that he shouldn't be doing. This man's life has been changed, but they're wanting to hold him to a different standard, to a different level. And so instead they start to accuse Jesus. Now Jesus is being lumped in with Billy and getting accused. And the Pharisees start calling Jesus a sinner. And so they decide we're, we're going to go to Billy's parents and we're going to see if uh, we can ask them some questions and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And so they go to his parents and they say, is this your son? And his parents said, yes. They say, has, is, he, is he blind? Yes, he is. He's been blind since birth. Yes, he has. What happened to him so that now they can see? And his parents say, you have to talk to him about that. His own parents turn their back on him. You know, sometimes when, when we've had a radical change in our life because of what Jesus has done, even our own family members will start to distance themselves from us. See, they knew that if they proclaimed that a man named Jesus came and healed their son, that then they would be excommunicated from the church. And the, uh, the, the, the Pharisees, they're just, they are, they are enraged with all of this. And, and they keep pressing down and pressing down even more. And they're, they're pushing Billy to give them answers. And, and they're asking about Jesus and his sinful ways and everything because he has done work on the Sabbath and it's against the law of God. And, and Billy finally just looks at him and says... Whether or not Jesus is a sinner, I don't know. But this is what I do know. I was blind. But now I can see. See, they were looking at it as a physical affliction. But Billy had discovered something much greater. It wasn't about a physical blindness. It was about a spiritual blindness that had been healed that day. Yes, he could now see, but for the first time, he could now see. It wasn't just about seeing, it was about seeing. You see? And see, here's the thing. Put yourself in Billy's shoes. Imagine what it was like to have been him. And I, I think that this can shed some light on some of the lies that the enemy tells us. Some of the, the things that he's constantly whispering in our ears. Some of the things that he's trying to, to cover over in our life. Because he doesn't want the light to come to the surface. He, he doesn't want us to have a story or a testimony to share. And, and, and this is what Billy was experiencing. Every day he sat there and people passed by him. Over and over and over. On their way to work. On their way to see their friends. On their way to dinner. On their way to church. And 
There Billy sat. See, the enemy says, Billy, no one cares about you. Nobody loves you. Nobody's concerned with you. Look, they're just passing you by. Nobody's about you. They don't care about you. Some of you have felt that way. Nobody loves you. Nobody's concerned about you. Nobody wants to be around you. They don't like you. We start to believe that lie. We hear it so many times that we start to believe it. And then Billy, on top of that, he, he's blind. He can't see. Jesus is in the vicinity, and he, he doesn't even know that he's there. He can't even see him. And, and the enemy wants to remind us, your situation's hopeless. Your situation is, you are blind. Your situation, there is no hope for you. The fact that Jesus is right there, you can't even see him. It's hopeless for you, Billy. It's hopeless. He was blind, but not just blind. He was blind from birth. The enemy's wanting to say, look, it's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. This isn't something that just came about. You've been stuck in this for so long. There is no way for you to get out of it. That's what the enemy is whispering to you. You have been in your situation for so long. There is no way out. He just sat there as the people passed by. Nobody cares about you. He was blind. His situation was hopeless. He was blind from birth. It had always been that way. And he had no reason to believe that it was ever going to change. And that was the lie that the enemy wanted him to believe. And over and above all of that, he had to sit there and beg. He didn't have any resources. He didn't have any means to make better for himself. He was dependent upon other people. Not only was he hopeless, he was also helpless. There is not one thing that you can do about your situation. Those are the lies that the enemy try to tell us. Nobody cares about us. Nobody loves us. Nobody's concerned with us. Our situation's hopeless. It's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. And there's nothing that we can do to get out of it. The situation at your job, it's hopeless. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way. The situation in your marriage, it's hopeless. You're helpless. There's nothing you can do to fix it. That's just how it's going to be. You might as well get used to it. You are stuck in it. The situation with your kids, it's hopeless. You're helpless. You might as well get used to it. That's how it's been. That's how it's always going to be. In fact, it's going to get worse. And those are the lies of the enemy. Whispers in our ear. He accuses us of those things. You'll never be able to rise above that. You'll never be able to do better for yourself. You'll never be able to climb out of this pit that, you in, that you're in because you are just a sinner. And he starts, he looks at us and he starts counting our sins against us. And see, here's the thing. The difference between the devil 
and Jesus is that the devil knows our name but calls us by our sin. But Jesus knows our sin but chooses to call us by our name. And Jesus stepped forward and he called that blind man out that day. And he said, come here and let me help you to see. Let me help you to see. See, our testimony, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. See, Christ's sacrifice is what makes our testimony truly possible. Apart from Christ's sacrifice, our testimony is nothing but just a bunch of words. It's just coincidence. It's not reproducible. There's, there's nothing that we can do to, to make it happen. But through Christ's sacrifice, through the blood of Jesus, our testimony truly becomes possible because of the work that Christ did on the cross. And maybe you're here today and you're like the blind man. Maybe you feel like nobody cares. Nobody notices you. You're overlooked. You're unloved. The situation that you're in is hopeless. You're utterly helpless to do anything about it. It can only get worse. I want you to hear my testimony today. Just like the blind man from John chapter 9. There was once a time when I was blind. But because of Jesus, now I can see. There was once a time that I was blind, but because of Jesus, now I can see. And that same Jesus who did that work in my life can do a work like that in your life today. Or maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor Blake, your testimony, your story is very similar to mine. I too was blind, but now I see, but I know somebody. There's somebody in my family. There's, there's a neighbor that lives close to me. There's a coworker that I have, that they need to hear what you're talking about today. See, the greatest thing that you and I can do to combat the work of the enemy is to remind ourselves of what Christ has already done. See, if we're trying to go against it, the, 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 the devil is there and he's, he's accusing us and he's trying to put us down, and he, he's, he's trying to hold us back by our past. He doesn't want us to, to be able to get past our past. The, the greatest thing that we can do to overcome the work of the enemy in, in our life and the work of the enemy in the lives of those around us is to remind ourselves and to remind others of the work that Jesus Christ has already done. Somebody needs to testify in here today. Some of you need to testify over your own life. You feel stuck and you feel, you feel hopeless and helpless, but you need to remind yourself of where God has already brought you. The place that you were and where you are now. You need to be reminded that your past does not define you because through the blood of Jesus you have been changed and you have been set free and you are now victorious. You have, you have gotten the victory. You have defeated and overcome the work of the enemy in your life. Some of you need to remind yourselves about that today. 
Your testimony is not about you. It's about Jesus. The Bible says we'll overcome the enemy by two things. The blood of the lamb. Jesus' death on the cross. The second thing, the word of our testimony. Jesus has done his part. Don't you think it's time that we start to do ours? Jesus has already done his part in defeating the enemy. Don't you think it's time that we do our part? The blood of the lamb has been shed. Now the only thing that's missing is the word of our testimony. What if we started to live in such a way that rather than ranting and raving about all this other stuff that doesn't matter, that political Facebook post, the construction on 200 and how it popped your tires and bent your rims. All of that. What if, what if we stopped talking about all of that and we started talking about the things that God's doing in our life? How would that change us? How would that change us if every morning we got up and, and we testified over ourselves and, and we, we reminded ourselves of the work that God has done in our life? How would that change our relationship with our spouse and with our kids if we were constantly talking about the goodness of God in our families and the things that he's done? How would, how would that make an impact on our neighbors who find themselves stuck in a hopeless situation, that all of a sudden they can discover that there's hope for the hopeless. What, what would that do for our, our co-worker who, who is, is stuck in this rut of sin and they just can't seem to just get out of it? What, what would that do if, if we begin to proclaim our story, we, we begin to share our testimony with them, and that they would see that, that there's a way out for them to get past their past? What would, what would this community look like? What would this church look like if we came together and instead of talking about, oh, the music's too loud and, 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 and I didn't like that guy's approach or, or the message and that offended me. And What if we started to talk about the goodness of God in our life? What would God do through our church? How would our community change if we went about our day we started to proclaim how God is making a difference in our life. If everybody that we came in contact with, we made sure that they knew, man, once I was blind, but now I can see. Because Jesus has made a difference in my life. And that same Jesus that's made a difference in my life can make a difference in your life and your situation too. What if we went around and we looked for people that we could just show some love to? that we could share our story with, that we could encourage them because of what God is doing through us. How could that change things? If instead of buying into the lies of the enemy, we bought into the fact that if we share our testimony, 
It'll shine light on the lies of the devil. The truth will go forward and we'll be freed from our past. Our testimony is not about us. Our testimony, our story is about Jesus and what he's done. Once I was blind, but now because of Christ's work in me, I can see. Who do you need to share that with today? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you just need to remind yourself about what God is doing and has done in your life. Maybe, maybe it's a loved one or a coworker or a, a, a friend, a neighbor. Maybe you need to get out your phone right now and text them. Maybe you need to get their number pulled up so that as soon as church is over, you can get on the phone and you can call them and you can, you can share your story with them to encourage them and let them know. Because our story, it's the blind man's story. Once we were blind, but because of Jesus Christ's work in our life, now we can see. Just a minute, the band's going to come. They're going to lead us in worship. We close out the service. I, I want you to be encouraged today. And I want, you to, I want you to take the things that God is doing in your heart, take the things that God is doing in your life, and use them to encourage other people. Share your story and watch how God is going to use you to make a difference in the world around you. Amen? Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today?